Did you know many ghost towns here in Colorado live up to the word ghost in their name? But no other ghost town really compares to Ashcroft, Colorado, if you are looking for a haunted ghost town. Visitors to the View Hotel claim the hotel is extremely haunted and believe it to be the spirits of long-dead miners that perished in mining accidents more than a hundred years ago. Whether true or not is up to you, but what can be guaranteed is that no exact number exists of all the people to move to these ghost towns in hopes of striking it rich, and of that, what untold number lost their lives trying to do so. I'm Ryan, a born and raised Colorado native. I'm Carrie, a Texas transplant and a Colorado newcomer. And we're a married couple living along the Front Range in Colorado. And this is the Hashtag Colorado Life Podcast, where we share accessible adventures to help you explore like a local. Colorado has a long history of gold and silver in the mountains. Our Wild West state has seen its share of boom towns and financial busts. And this makes for our colorful history as well as unique places to explore. Because Colorado is full of abandoned buildings, derelict mine shafts, and ghost towns. And that's what we're talking about in today's episode. You'll learn more about Colorado ghost towns that you can actually visit and what makes each one unique. So first, what is a ghost town? So a ghost town is any city, town, or village, or camp that has been deserted and is no longer occupied. And there has to be ghosts. <laughs> Towns may become ghost towns after the industry that once supported the population dries up or dies away. Uh, Some ghost towns are created after a natural or man-made disaster like floods, fires, or government interventions, especially in towns with uncontrollable lawlessness, kind of like the Wild West was. And a key feature of a ghost town is that the structures or buildings of the town must remain intact to be seen by the visitors. While most ghost towns are left to eventually fall into ruin completely, to be a ghost town, there must be something left there at the site. So, Pompeii, is that a ghost town? Is that what it counts? Because a disaster came along, I mean. And reportedly, there are as many as 1,500 ghost towns in Colorado. But more conservative estimates put the number closer to about 600. Due to incomplete records and legends that are now accepted as fact, of course, no list will ever be complete, and this is just our best guess. Over the years, hundreds of cities have been founded in Colorado, and many were created to support mining efforts. Some mining towns like Boulder, Denver, Aspen, Durango, and Telluride actually became bigger cities even after the mining boom passed. But others, like Cripple Creek, for example, couldn't sustain their populations when the prospecting failed or the nation's economy moved on to other industries. So Colorado is left with the dwindling remains of Wild West heritage that ended more than a lifetime ago. And we found eight ghost towns we think that you just can't miss. First up is Teller City, and back in 1879 near Walden, Colorado, silver was found, and a few years later the town of Teller City was booming. At one time it had as many as 1,500 residents, but these days Teller City has zero. Silver lost its value just a few years after the town's boom, and by 1902, The town was a complete ghost town, and it's funny to think that it was seriously less than 30 years that it went from a giant boom to a bust. The town is said to have been made up of 27 saloons, that's a lot, and a hotel called the Yates House Hotel, which had 40 rooms. It is currently located in Roosevelt National Forest, and these days Teller City makes a popular camping and hiking destination, where you can do dispersed camping, which dispersed camping is camping on public lands away from developed recreational facilities. Uh, there's plenty of 4 x 4 to do, ATVs and, and dirt bikes are also popular in the area. Also, the area is beautiful with numerous lakes and streams to fish. 
and most of the town's buildings are scattered around the woods. So bring your hiking boots and be prepared to hike for an hour or two. Number two is Arrow. It was first called Arrowhead and then Arrow. This ghost town is the only one on this list that was not made popular for mining in the mountains. Originally founded as a railroad and lumber camp, Arrow was a thriving town of thousands of residents until it burned to the ground in 1920. These days, you can still see where the town was located thanks to the old railroad beds. And if you've got a metal detector, be sure to bring it along when you visit. Many coins from the period and other metal artifacts can be found in the area. The town of Arrow is close to the Winter Park ski area and tucked in at the top of Rollins Pass. And Arrow is actually on property that is currently owned by Rendezvous Colorado. So you can stop by at their sales office in Winter Park before heading out for the day. Up next is Deerfield, Colorado. And it's it's kind of a unique one because a lot of these, if not all of these, will be pretty much in the mountains. Like we said, they were, they're mostly founded uh, based on the back of mining. But this one, was founded more towards eastern Colorado. This town was founded as an all-black settlement by Boulder entrepreneur Oliver T. Jackson in 1910, and Deerfield's claim to fame was that it was one of the only black and African-American settlements in Colorado in the early 1900s. Though the first years were rough, there was as many as 700 residents in Deerfield by 1921 and the town continued to grow until a combination of the Great Depression and the Dust Bowl caused agriculture to suffer, and the town shrank through the 1930s and 1940s until in 1946 it had a single resident. Today, you can still see the remains of the town's diner, gas station, and founder Jackson's home. And Denver's Black American West Museum worked to preserve the town in the late 1990s. Deerfield is a Colorado-registered historic landmark. And number four, we have St. Elmo. Of all the ghost towns on our list, St. Elmo is one of the best preserved and most easily accessed ghost towns. Gold and silver brought miners to what was then called Forest City in 1880, but the name was soon changed after because of the sheer multitude of towns that had the same name in Colorado. By 1881, St. Elmo was an incorporated city of about 2,000 mostly male residents. Of the 43 buildings that remain in the town, you will find a saloon, courthouse, and jail, a mercantile, and many private homes. After train services to Chalk Creek Canyon stopped in 1926, the population dwindled and by the 1950s, the town was abandoned. Visitors have said that walking down the main street of St. Elmo feels like stepping onto a set of an old movie. And in true ghost town fashion, St. Elmo is said to be haunted. But today, this ghost town is not quite empty. You can stop by the St. Elmo General Store for souvenirs, antiques, and a snack or soda. You can also rent a three-person cabin and spend the night in the ghost town, if you dare. Or spend the weekend by booking a room at the ghost town guest house, which is a bed and breakfast. And there's plenty to discover near St. Elmo, too. Mount Princeton Hot Springs, Agnes Vale Falls... The ruins of Hancock and Mary Murphy Mine are all nearby. 4x4 drivers can also take Tin Cup Pass up to explore the ghost towns of Pitkin, Tin Cup, and Ohio City, which are also close. You know, it's kind of interesting going through all this information about all these towns, and it's kind of fascinating. And it's no wonder that so many people were reluctant to give up and truly abandon these towns. Many of these people were, in a sense, just simple people that were going from town to town looking for work but some were much more invested, like the people who built the hotels and the saloons and shops, literally sinking every penny they had into the infrastructure of the town that would eventually wither and die and become a ghost town. Yeah, it's really sad when you think about it. But you just don't know what you don't know. I mean, all the people who came and invested in Boulder or, or Aspen or Denver, you know, they got their money's worth because the town continued on, but they don't know that these towns aren't going to. 
Another well-preserved ghost town in Clear Creek Canyon is Vicksburg, and it's about an hour and 45 minutes from Aspen. And miners were first brought to the area by mistake when the prospectors from nearby Leadville's burrows got loose. The pack animals were later found near the creek, and in the creek bed, gold was spotted. The town started to grow in the 1860s and 70s when prospectors there flocked to the canyon area in search of gold, silver, and lead. Vic Keller, who the town is named after, owned the general store, and at a time, as many as 700 people lived in Vicksburg. The town became big enough to have its own blacksmith, schoolhouse, two hotels, and two saloons. While this town is a ghost town by definition, it is not totally without life. Most of these buildings have been continually occupied since they were built and are in great condition. The most notable buildings to check out are the cabins and a small museum that are still standing. And some buildings have even been nicely restored to preserve the history. You can also continue on to one of the other ghost towns nearby, Winfield, or the two smaller towns, Rockdale and Beaver City. So if a town was named after us, what would it be? Nicholsonville? Nixville. Nixville? Nixburg? Ryantopia. <laughs> Ryan Number six is Independence, and Independence is located 16 miles east of Aspen. This ghost town is well-preserved, but is only accessible during certain months of the year. At 11,000 feet in elevation, October through May sees lots and lots of snow and makes the town inaccessible during these months. Independence was originally founded in 1879 as Belton Tent Camp, and over the years, this town has had many names. Wait, could you imagine a tent camp at 11,000 feet? No. Oh my god, that'd be so <laughs> miserable. When the miners struck gold on July 4th, the name Independence was the one that stuck. Between 1881 and 1882, over $100,000 in gold was mined. The following year, however, only about $2,000 worth of gold was mined. The town that once swelled to over 1,500 residents soon lost population to the larger and milder Aspen nearby. After an epic blizzard in 1899, all but one resident were driven out and by 1912, Independence was a true ghost town. When I was reading about Independence, uh, in, the, in the blizzard of 1899, they were hit back to back to back with by tons of blizzard, and the few residents that it did have left actually ripped the rafters off of their roofs and the shingles so that they can make skis to make it down to Aspen to escape the blizzard. Today, you can walk among the remaining buildings, including the general store, stable, houses, and the Farwell Stamp Mill, where the mined metals were processed. Because of the extreme elevation and climate of Independence, you can only visit in the summer as the road there, which is Highway 82 and Independence Pass, are closed from October to May. At number seven is Ashcroft, and the town of Ashcroft is one of the biggest cities in Colorado to become a ghost town. It is now on the National Register of Historic Places, and it once was home to nearly 2,000 people. Ashcroft was a bustling city boasting six hotels and 20 saloons. Uh, it was founded in 1880 following the discovery of silver in the area, and Ashcroft was actually bigger than Aspen and closer to the proposed railroad in Crested Butte, which never did happen. But the mines dried up in 1885, just as a rich strike was discovered in Aspen, and ultimately, the railroad went there. Many of the buildings are in quite good condition and are very photogenic, so make sure to bring a camera. These days, Ashcraft is maintained by the Aspen Historical Society. The last one on our list is Alta, not to be confused with Alma, Colorado. And it sits between Telluride and Rico and is one of the smaller ghost towns on our list. The town has an elevation of 11,800 feet high and was home to a few hundred people. 
From 1877 to 1948, it was a hub for mining activity in the area and originally known as a Gold King area. World War II almost brought the town back to life, but then the mill burned down in 1948, sealing the town's fate to become a ghost town. The most remarkable thing about Alta was it was the first place to use Nikola Tesla's AC transmission system rather than uh, Edison's DC. Switching to electricity saved the mines a lot of effort, as the four-mile pack mule route to get coal was no longer needed. A power plant was built in Alta, and the whole town once ran on electricity, which was pretty remarkable at the time. The remains of several original buildings and fences are all still standing today, and you can tour what remains of the town during the warmer months from May to October. While two-wheel drive vehicles may be able to make the trek, it is recommended to grab your 4x4, especially if you want to continue on to the Alta Lakes. Some tips about visiting uh, the ghost towns is prepare for going off-road. Uh, most ghost towns are located in very rural areas and will be only accessible via a dirt or gravel road, and stick to established walking paths to protect the wildlife and any private property. Roads can be treacherous and few other visitors will be headed your way. And of course, you want to be aware of remote locations. As most of these sites are unmonitored, there are obviously no bathroom facilities at these destinations. And you want to use caution when planning a trip to the backwoods because cell service will be limited or even non-existent. And always check the weather and road conditions, especially when going into the mountains, because the weather can change at any time. Make sure to leave no trace and be gentle. Most ghost towns are totally unoccupied and unmaintained. As you walk through these mostly abandoned areas, take care not to leave a trace. Uh, that way, people can continue to enjoy the experience and learn about the history of these iconic Colorado locations. Any garbage you bring must be packed out. Pick up any trash or debris you might find along the way and treat the buildings and everything that you see with respect. Our last point here is just a little bit about pets because some locations do not allow dogs while others do not have policies about them, so just be responsible pet owners. Wildlife in the area may be surprised by your dog, and pick up after your dog and be polite if you meet other visitors along the way, of course. At the end of every show, we like to wrap up with a tip for finding free or affordable activities. Many of the ghost towns on our list are completely free to drive out to and visit for the day, while others only cost a handful of dollars between like usually five or 10 bucks to visit and explore. You can enjoy a day of hiking, learning about history, and even come away with some awesome photos. Some of the ghost towns we talked about also offer camping, fishing, or biking in the areas as well. So take your 4x4 out for the day and enjoy a really fun free trip to see what Colorado life was like back in the late 1800s and early 1900s. All right, that pretty much sums up this episode. Thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate it. And to learn more about this episode and the resources we shared, visit our website, hashtag coloradolife.com. Thanks again for listening. And until next time, get out there and explore some historical Colorado ghost towns.